I've, I've had opportunities to to work for companies where they've offered me some really really good pay, but it would take me away from ministry, and I and I chose that. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna do that. I, I choose ministry over uh, anything else, and so if anything, I should be dead or I should be in prison. And, and so the fact that I'm out here uh, instead of in there, yeah, I'm gonna serve God. So my mindset is that I'm gonna serve God at all costs. Cause this is for the last. This is for the last. All right, welcome back. This is Reformed Rasa, and I'm right here alongside with... What's up, what's up? This is Pastor Vic. And... Justin Corona. And today is a very special occasion right here. I'm excited about today because we have our very first guest to introduce to you. is a man that um, I have been very blessed to know uh, for a few years man that I have been edified by, a man that I, that I look towards for guidance, a man that I could say is a man of God. And uh, joining us today, our very first special guest is Pastor Santos Chavez de la Iglesia Luz de la Calle. That's right, that's right. Streetlight Church in Westminster, California. Welcome, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I wanted to bring you on just because uh, uh, I think your testimony is very powerful. It's uh, very encouraging. It's very edifying. And uh, Pastor Santos, uh, the only way I can describe her testimony is from, from gangs to grace. That's the only way I can sum it down. That uh, Someone that was in a gang lifestyle has come to know, uh, has come to receive grace in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, Pastor, um, I just, you know, what is your testimony? What has the Lord brought you from? Mm. The Lord has brought me out of a lot of things. Uh, for one, he brought me out of uh, uh, being an addict, drug addict. Uh, I was addicted to a lot of different drugs from when I was in sixth grade is when I first started smoking weed. And then uh, when I was in seventh grade, I started doing heavier stuff. I was already uh, using cocaine and PCP, which is angel dust, when I was already in uh, barely in seventh grade. And so, but my major addiction was gangs yeah <laughs> sometimes we think addiction and we just think drugs right mm -hmm. but that's, that's crazy that's funny how you said that your, your major addiction was gangs and so uh tell us about that how, how did you come in, into the gang lifestyle i come from a family of seven and uh when i was uh you know fifth sixth grade my older brothers were already from a neighborhood my uh family was already a part of a neighborhood uh, I remember uh, in that age, fifth, sixth grade, uh, knowing that that was not good and, and telling myself I would never be a part of that, but uh, I found myself doing exactly uh, what they were doing, my, my older brothers and sisters. And so I, I joined the neighborhood. I actually was walked into it. I didn't get jumped in. I was walked in. Uh, they told me your family's already put in work, so you just walk in. So mm. I walked in. And uh, by the time I was uh, 13 years old, I had already sadly been involved in some pretty bad stuff. Uh, Drive-bys, stabbings, shootings, um, witness people dying already. So by the time I was in high school, I was pretty deep in. And I got busted when I was 13 uh, for possession of a firearm. I went to juvenile hall 
And uh, the group that I ran with, all of us looked forward. We all wanted to go to Chibana Hall. Mm. It was like uh, earning our stripes. Yeah. And mm. so being in the neighborhood, uh, there was a group of us that, that were really tight. And we were like set on doing the majority of the work. And so uh, we did some pretty uh, bad stuff that uh, I can't talk about. But, <laughs> uh, I know that God is good and God's forgiven me. But uh, I want to say that, you know, a lot of people uh, think that once you're in a barrio, once you get in, into the neighborhood, that, that it's, it's, it's impossible to get out. And, and I'm here to show people that that's not the truth. Amen. Uh, in Christ, we can do all things. Uh, I was able to not only walk out of the neighborhood and, and um, change my life, but today I'm a pastor. And uh, I, I work with kids in Juvenile Hall. We do prison ministry and... Uh, uh, we do a lot of work for the community. Uh, we, we, we really have a heart for young people. Uh, I have a heart for the young people because I was a very dysfunctional youth that yeah. had no hope. But in Christ, uh, I'm a very hopeful person today. Amen. And so uh, for any youth that might be listening, uh, any, not only youth, you got, you got older homies yeah. that are you know, 30s, 40s, even 50s uh, that are still you know, claiming the barrio. Yeah. And they think that, hey, you know, uh, vato loco, pinto loco, you know, por vida. Yeah. Uh, no, man, it doesn't have to be like that. In Christ, uh, there's freedom, there's hope, uh, there's restoration. Amen. And so I challenge anybody who's listening right now who has ever thought about maybe changing their lives, uh, you know, come, come, come talk to us. Uh, yeah. We're here. We want to help you. Uh, I know that it's not easy. When I chose to get out of my neighborhood uh, back in 1987... Uh, I came to that conclusion after I had witnessed uh, uh, my older brother being shot, uh, my brother and two other friends, uh, myself, we, we, we got jumped. We got into a confrontation with a rival gang and right here in Santana, and uh, they pulled out guns, and uh, next thing you know, my brother's dead. They, uh, they, 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 they killed my brother, shot the two other guys. Uh, when it got to me, the guy was on top of me pulling the trigger, but he was out of bullets. Damn. I got beat up, uh, but by the grace of God, I survived. Uh, for the next year and a half, all I wanted to do was payback, 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 payback. It was all about payback. And uh, I vowed at my brother's funeral, I, I promised him that, that I would uh, you know, pay back. I would pay back. And, and that was my, my mindset. But uh, little did I know that uh, soon after my brother's death, uh, God was going to touch me and God was going to change me and that uh, my life would change. And when I came to that place of, of making that choice and, uh, you, you know, you think that and people would say, hey, all right, that's cool, bro. You know, you put in work, whatever. Hey, you know, God bless you. Dale gas. Uh, it wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, with me, uh, the majority of, of the homies that I kicked it with, my homeboys, uh, the guys from the neighborhood that I put in work for, uh, they basically turned against me mm. and uh, they became my enemies. They were trying to uh, kill me. And uh, I ended up going into a Christian home in January 14, 1989. I went into a home because I knew that either I was going to you know, end up killing somebody and go to prison forever or I was going to end up getting killed just like my brother. And I didn't want to put my mom through that. And I knew that I knew that God had something more. I yeah, knew there was amen. something mm -hmm. more. I, I didn't really know what. I just knew God had something more. I wasn't meant to go to prison. 
and I wasn't supposed to die young. I, I knew that something inside me just told me, Santos, God has something for you. And I cried out to God. Today, uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. Today, I, uh, I go to juvenile hall. I go to prisons. And today, I do things that uh, in my wildest dream would I have ever imagined that I'd be doing. Hmm. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, you know, um, something that I've noticed about you is that, is that in the short time that I've known you, six, around six, seven years, your zeal for the Lord has not stopped. <laughs> and yeah. how, how you said, even from, from 1989 all the way up to now, that's a long time to still keep that, that fire burning, you know what I mean? Uh, that's, I, would, I would even add, too, just being a leader, part of, part of your congregation, seeing the number of uh, members in our church coming and going, fluctuating, you know, between about 100 to, you know, 30 of us and just going up and down. A lot of pastors would give up. Yeah. A lot of them would would either throw in the towel or, or combine with another church and and maybe, I don't know, move into just smaller studies. But but here, you know, we're all sticking out, and that's yeah. only because of the, because of God that is working in you. Yeah. And Amen. it's encouraging to see that, that like Amar said, like you haven't wavered. Like you're still continuing. You're still enduring yeah. in the Amen. faith. Well, the word of God tells us that uh, we're going to go through trials and yeah. tribulations, but we're supposed to count it all joy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. So you mentioned earlier about your homies turning into your enemies and that they were after you. How about your, your familia? How did your, your family respond for, to your newfound faith? My family stayed away from me. And uh, I remember my younger brother was uh, living in Arizona. He had my mom. A lot of my family moved out of state to Arizona. And uh, when I went into the home, I was in the home for about a month. And, and I had not spoken to any of my family, but I decided to call my mom and, and, and let her know, hey, mom, I'm in a home. And somebody had already told her. And then uh, I asked for my brother and I said, hey, uh, is he there? And my mom said, yeah, let me put him on the phone. And he got on the phone and I started telling him, hey, bro, I'm changed, man. I'm a Christian. I'm serving the Lord. And, and my brother just said, you know what, I don't want to hear it. That's mm -hmm. good for you. Keep it to yourself. Uh, I don't want to hear about that. And then he passed the phone back to my mom. And uh, I took that like, wow, that's a trip, you know? Yeah. And, and not only him, but a lot of other people, too, that just stayed away from me. And the Bible says darkness and light don't mix. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in the beginning, it was a little bit rough for me to grasp that, to, to comprehend that. But as time went by... And I began to see how God started replacing those people uh, with other God-fearing, God-loving people. Uh, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. So as you start hanging out with, you know, people that love God, you start, you know, becoming more and more like them. And, and you start wanting to, to do things for God. So that's what happened. And, and uh, today, uh, I, I challenge anybody who's, who's struggling, if you find yourself, uh, you know, in, in a bad circle, a, a circle of people that is not good, uh, get out of it and, and hook up with some godly people yeah. and, and you'll see the change, you'll Amen. see the light. Amen. Praise God. So, I think that's something that we all go through that um, for, the, for those of us that come out of, you know, a gang lifestyle and, and drug lifestyle, uh, having, facing some sort of opposition, you know, from people that we once considered you know, our homeboys or our, our closest, you know, you know, relatives that were down for us, supposedly. I remember one of my homies, uh, he would always say, I'll take a bullet for anyone right here. Um, but it wasn't the truth, you know what I mean? It was a lie. And uh, in the midst of all that, 
and you found yourself your homies becoming enemies your familia rejecting you how how was that transition then like like as far as you know leaving you know drugs behind or smoking drinking even being faithful uh to to one woman because you uh, i believe you're already with your wife at, at that at that time right my wife and I had been together already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been together since I was 15. Mm-hmm. So we had already been together for about five years at that time. Yeah. So how was that transition then from coming from, from the gang lifestyle to a Christian lifestyle and facing all this op- opposition? How, how, how was that? How did that go for you? It was a little bit rough, but not so much because uh, what happened is that I, I got, right away, I got connected with a lot of guys that were really on fire for the Lord. Uh-huh. And so that just made it a lot easier for me. Um, I got involved in, in ministry. I got involved in, a, in doing dramas. We used to go out on the streets and do uh-huh. dramas. And I got involved in, in, in working with kids at the local high schools. I got invited to go and, and give a class. And next thing you know, they called me back, and then they called me back, and they kept calling me back. And then, <laughs> as you know, I, I, I started a nonprofit called Streetlight Youth Services, through which I go into the high schools and I, I teach kids about alternatives to gangs and, and violence and so forth. And so, um, from all my crazy past, something wonderful came out of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so, so once you started this nonprofit, uh, eventually, how, how did you become to, to be a pastor then? Was that like right away or for a few years? I, w- I went into the home January 14, 1989. I was there for about two months. And the home director asked me if I was interested in taking an advanced college course. Uh, and I asked him what it was about. He told me it was uh, to prepare you for ministry. Uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, what do you think? He says, you, you should. So I just, okay, sounded good. And so I took this advanced course. Uh, I finished it. Uh, it. It was a course that normally should, it's for an AA degree. It takes two years and I was able to do it in six months. And um, so shortly after I finished that, I, I, I was asked if I wanted to, uh, you know, do a work for the Lord. I said, yeah, I, I want to serve the Lord. From now on, I'm going to serve God. I'm not going back. I'm not going to stop. So the pastor uh, ordained me. I got ordained. And... Uh, about six months after that, I was shipped out to Ventura to uh, take over a, a church for a pastor that had gotten sick. And I was in Ventura for about a year, uh, pastoring a church over there. And then God ended up bringing me back over here to Orange County, and that's where I've been ever since. Amen, amen, praise God. That's crazy, I didn't know about <laughs> that, going to Ventura and then coming back here. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, Oxnard. Oxnard. All right. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And so um, you've been a pastor for how long now? Uh, it's going to be uh, 30 years. Wow. That's wow, crazy. 30 years. Wow. So I'm, I'm thinking in 30 years, you've seen a lot, right? Being in the ministry, uh, seeing people endure, seeing people not endure. Yeah. yeah. So what are, the, what are the ups and the downs of being a pastor? Like everyone thinks that, you know, it's all like feed me. It's all good being a pastor, but it can take a toll on your life, right? I imagine that, that there are going to be some downtimes. Oh, yeah. But I think that if you're going to choose to do a work for the Lord, whether it be pastoring or a youth ministry or any kind of ministry, uh, you have to decide in advance that, hey, you know what? It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. I got to give up a lot of my free time mm-hmm. and I, I got to give up a lot of my my money. <laughs> 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 and, uh, 
I've, I've had opportunities to, to work for companies where they've offered me some really, really good pay, but it would take me away from ministry, and I, and I chose that. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that. I, I choose ministry over uh, anything else. And so if anything, I should be dead or I should be in prison. And, and so the fact that I'm out here uh, instead of in there, yeah. I'm going to serve God. So my mindset is that I'm going to serve God at all costs. Mm -hmm. So a pastor doesn't just preach on Sunday in Yastubo? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no clocking in, no clocking out. No. So it's no more retirement. No retirement. No. So it's like a kind of like a twenty four seven hour kind of kind of deal, right? Like you can you gonna get a call like at three in the morning. Oh, my so and so, can you come to the hospital or this and that? Has that things like that oh, ever that happened? Happens all the time. Yeah. That happens all the time. Uh, midnight calls and uh, when you're doing something with family and then you get a call. And uh, you have to put everything on hold. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's what he did. He came to die on the cross. He put his, his uh, everything on hold, being with the Father, yeah. to come down for us. So the Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for, for another. Yeah. So yeah. we're called to do that. And so I, I challenge uh, everybody that's listening that, hey, you know what? If God's calling you, uh, pray about it. And, and, you know, make the choice to just, you know, give it all up for Jesus because there's, there's no, better, no better thing to do than to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise, God. Praise God. Praise God, man. So I think that's just a very awesome story, man. Like, sometimes I, I think, man, some, somebody should make a movie out of this or something. You know, this is crazy. But I do want to mention this. Um, your brother, he didn't die without salvation, right? What brought me to Christ was uh, my brother got shot and... Uh, I wasn't able to be there with him as he died because I, I got arrested and I was being interrogated. When I got released the following morning, my brother had already passed and uh, my world crumbled. So I was a very upset person. I was very, very, very upset. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, I, I lost it. And uh, it wasn't until like two days later, two or three days later that my sister called me and said, Hey, Santos, I need to talk to you. And I said, what's up? And she said, I need to tell you something very important. And uh, my sister, my sister Yvonne, at that time, she was involved in a ministry where her and her uh, husband were in, in ministry. And yeah. He was a, an usher, and, and she was an usherette, and they were serving there. And uh, she pulled me aside, and she says, look, I need to tell you something. And I said, what? And she says, look, man, uh, before Caesar died, that was my brother's name. She said, the doctors let me come into the room and pray for him. And she said that she invited him to, to accept Christ as his Lord and Savior. And, uh, and he did. He invited Christ into his heart as his Lord and Savior. And within minutes of him doing that, he passed away. And so... Um, That's crazy. Uh, the thief on the cross, he cried out to the Lord, says, hey, remember me. And the Lord said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so when my sister shared that with me, that just completely, just totally, just, man, it, it changed it everything does, for yeah. me. And uh, it wasn't easy, though. I mean, it wasn't easy because I was, you know, in the neighborhood, and, and it was something that I had already decided I was going to do, that I was going to pay back. So it was a real hard thing because... You know, changing my life and, and, and forgiving and all that, it was like something that was Chinese to me. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it was like well, what the heck? So yeah. I, was, 
there was this turmoil, there was this struggle within me, good and bad, and, and I didn't know what to do. And then I just, I remember I, I, I just started praying. I just started talking to God and saying, God, if you're real, if you really exist, uh, you got to help me. I don't know what to do. And I had pressure from the neighborhood and, and the homeboys coming over to my house and, and coming over with guns and, and telling me, look, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but you got to kick it off. And, and, and just a lot of things. And then my girlfriend and, and then my mom and, and just a lot of stuff. And I, I just cried out to God and, and uh, God just told me, hey, I'm going to help you. And it took me a year and a half, but God helped me. And when I went to that home January 14th of 89, a year and a half later, God really did help me. Yeah. And God even ended up allowing another guy who, the guy who killed my brother had also killed another guy not too long after that. And the brother of that guy was in the, in the, in the home with me. Mm. And and he was talking to me about, hey, Holmes, you know, hey, let's do this together. I'm like, look, I'm here to serve God. I'm not here to pay back. I'm here to serve the Lord. And he tripped out. He couldn't believe it. He ended up leaving, but I stuck it out. And uh, here I am, 30 years later. I'm still, I'm still serving the Lord. I'm not, I'm not gonna go back. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I believe that. I believe that because something similar also uh, happened to my homeboy. Where, you know, how my dad is, he grew us up in the Lord. You know, if you believe you're going to heaven, if you die, and you don't believe you're going to hell. And same thing happened to my homie, uh, Abraham, where I thought, you know, he got shot. He got laid down on the street. And I thought, Yastubo, you know, he, he, he's a homie that didn't serve Christ. And so he was, he, he's going to hell. But the same thing happened. Little did I know that someone would come on his gasp, when, while he's gasping for breath in the puddle of blood. And prayed for him and, and, and led him to the Lord, you know. And so uh, I believe that definitely, you know, that we got that example on the thief on the cross, how you mentioned. And so that's mm-hmm. that's some powerful stuff right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> Seriously. And so um, we're going to wrap up in a little bit. Uh, do you guys have any comments, you guys, Victor and Justin, that you guys would like to comment on this far on this powerful testimony? Well, um, I was wondering, uh, and in one of our uh episodes in the beginning we we talked about how we were brought up and i was just wondering when when you were being raised as a child before the gang life was there anyone in your life that was already in the things of god maybe um trying to convince you to go to church with them or anything like that were you were you ever raised to to believe in god or did anyone in your home believe in god at the time when when you were growing up yeah we used to live in Huntington park in <clears throat> county and uh my family had been invited to a church over there, uh, Pastor Rodriguez, that was his name, mm-hmm. the pastor's name, and we started going to this uh, real small Pentecostal church, uh, and we were a part of that church for about maybe three years, if I remember well, and uh, we ended up leaving LA County because my older brother Caesar's friend got shot and killed, and our family was afraid, you know, that, hey, this is too close for comfort. So that's when we decided to come to Orange County. And then we were a part of another little church here in Westminster. Uh, and, and so, yeah, we grew up in church. But uh, as we got into our, our, you know, little teenage mm. years, we started rebelling. And then next thing you know, the whole family stopped going to church because all of our families, our uncles, aunts, nephews, nieces, everybody was a part of the church. But 
little by little, everybody just started coming, stopped just participating, and and uh, we got caught up. Next thing you know, we're all a part of the neighborhood. We're all doing drugs. I got a lot of cousins. I got a lot of family, and uh, everybody got caught up. Everybody, bad. Really yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm. And and another question I have too is, you know, being a you said you've been you've been a pastor now for thirty years. Yep. How, what what piece of encouragement would you have for those that maybe are a new believer, someone that's been you know in the faith for five plus years, for that that are continually praying for their family, that are, that are still having hope in the things of God that their family would one day come to salvation. What would you say for them? Well, as some of you know, uh, my nephew Gabriel passed away two years ago, and uh, as some of you know again on his deathbed as he was dying in that car on the freeway a uh, fire department officer a, a fireman came and, and and prayed with him wow and uh, and before he died he was prayed for he allowed somebody to pray with him and lead him uh, to the lord and uh, i just invite everybody to continue to pray uh, have faith don't stop praying. Prayer moves the hand of God. And if you're praying for your family, if you're praying for your loved ones, uh, even if if it's on their deathbed, God's going to move. God's going to be glorified. So I invite, I invite you all to please uh, don't stop praying. Pray, 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 pray. Fast and pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I didn't know that about, about him. That's, that's crazy, man. <laughs> when you meditate, meditate on God's goodness, His faithfulness, man. Oh, man. That's man. That encourages encourages me. I feel like man, that God, He is faithful. He's about life. He's not about death, and He won't reject anybody that comes to Him. Right? Even so, the Bible says that He desires that none shall perish. That, all that is His, his yeah. desire for all of us. Yeah, that's that's powerful right there. And uh, man, I hope. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, go for it. No, yeah. But I was gonna say. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I say I'm, I'm Pastor Rick, but if you don't know, I, I'm actually uh, his assistant, his yeah. assistant pastor. What? And uh, yeah, <laughs> for for me, uh, uh, Pastor Santos, you're you're an encouragement to my life. Just uh, when I feel like if like man, this is too much, I'm like I look at you, I'm like man, this is a man of God right here. I've yeah. been through nothing compared to to what you've been through. So I guess uh, my question would be for you is, uh, what would you say to those who feel, uh, they say they're feeling burnt out or it's too much for those who are involved in ministry or at the point of like, oh, man, I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, what would you say to those, those, like an encouragement to those people? Well, first of all, if anybody's at that place, I would have to ask them, hey, are you praying? Are you reading? <laughs> are you fasting? Are you fellowshipping? Uh, because when you fall short in any of those areas, it's like a domino effect. Yeah. yeah. So as you guys all know, in the last, what, 26 months, I've lost 12 family members. Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. of family members. A lot members, of funerals. A lot mm-hmm. of funerals mm-hmm. in that amount of time. And I don't think I've ever, I've never known anybody who's lost that many people back to back. Yeah. And so all I can say is, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my strength. He's my refuge. And yeah, I cry, of course. I'm human. I hurt. But uh, to me, it, there's no going back. You know, there's, there's no going back. Just like Paul, when Paul said, uh, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. Yeah. And so sure. for me to live is mm-hmm. Christ. I don't got yeah. no, no, there's no reverse in this. It's yeah. a win-win situation. There's no there's going no, back. Uh-huh. There's, yeah. there's no second thoughts. There's no, 
uh, nothing. It's all going forward and, uh, you know, good, bad, and the ugly. All right. around, we got to go forward. So I, I just encourage everybody to just put right. that in your mind. You know, when, when I was in a neighborhood and, and I, I, you know, I was able to be a part of jumping in a few people and, and, and you know, when the new guys would come around, uh, me and, and, and the guys that were close, we would always tell the guys, hey, this is till death. This is till death. You know, this is not part-time. This is not just for a few months or a few years. Yeah. You're going to get in the audio. This is till death. And that's one of the reasons why, as a matter of fact, when I, when I did tell some of the guys that I was going to serve the Lord, that I wasn't going to, you know, be a part of the audio no more, some of the guys were like, well, yeah, aren't you the one that told us till death? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, but I didn't know any better. And so now... For me, it's Jesus Christ till death. Amen. 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 Yeah. Surround yourself with people that, that can say those things. That's what I got to say. Yeah. You know what I mean, like people that are in full speed for the Lord. You know what I mean? Don't sell yourself short and just be with the, you know, with the people playing hokey pokey. You know, they're one foot in and one foot out all, all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can't be, we're not hokey pokey Christians. You know what I mean? No, we're not no, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to dance like that. Man, so. What is that? <laughs> and so, man, uh, uh, I hope that, you know, the listeners were edified by this, that they were encouraged. Um, you know, for all you that maybe have a, a son or daughter stuck in gang life, uh, like Pastor said, um, don't stop praying, you know, because my dad didn't stop praying, you know, Pastor Santos' moms didn't stop praying. They, you know, the Lord will finish his work that he started and, and people, you know, so we have that. If I can say one last thing, yes. uh, as, as you guys know, my, my favorite scripture in the Bible is Romans 8, 28. Mm -hmm. It says all things work for the good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And, yeah. you know, um, I, 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 I tell you, when you put God first, he flips everything around. So... You know, from, from being a gang member to being a gang specialist, from being a drug addict to being a drug and alcohol counselor, Amen. Uh, from being busted, disgusted, and not being trusted, <laughs> to, to, to now mm -hmm. being able to pastor a church and, and, and to be able to, to just go to prisons and, and minister, go to juvenile hall and minister and be able to walk out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's what God does. Seriously. So seriously, if, man. if you uh, if you've been down and out, if you if, if you find yourself right now at the gutter, to the curb, beat down, you know, uh, just forsaken by your family or your <laughs> homies or, or, or somebody, uh, let me tell you right now, man, God loves you. Uh, we love you, uh, even if we don't know you. God knows you, yeah. and, and we're the body of Christ. We we challenge you. We invite you. Uh, Streetlight Church. We're we're a, I say uh, somos pocos pero locos. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we're few, but we're down for Jesus. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, yeah. If you're looking for a place, a church, a ministry where you can come and 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 be active. Uh, Amen. Uh, we're active. Believe me, we're active. We're active. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we like to outreach. We like to evangelize. We like to uh, uh, share the gospel. And, and we're not afraid. Amen. We're not Amen. afraid. We're unafraid. So I invite you, come check us out. Come visit us. These three gentlemen that are here, Pastor Victor, Martin, uh, Justin, these are true, true, true soldiers for Christ. We've had a lot of people come into our church and leave and uh, these guys, for as young as they are, how old are you, Justin? 26. Martin? I'm 30. And Vic? I'm 29. 
Mm-hmm. These guys are youngsters, man. <laughs> and, and they are on fire. They love the Lord. So if you if you're interested in, in, in getting plugged in with, with you know some men that are on fire for God, right now we just started going to uh YA up in uh Ventura County yeah, in the mm-hmm. city of Oxnard. Uh, we were just there last month for the first time. Uh, we're we're going to start going in there now. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're going to uh, uh, Calipatria. Uh, we're in Tehachapi right now. We've been to Delano. And uh, we're looking forward to getting to San Quinn in the next couple of months. And, uh, Amen. So we're excited, man. We're <laughs> yeah. in Orange County Juvenile Hall. We go to the high schools when, when, when school's on. And uh, we just want to let people know that this is a church that is unafraid that's right we Amen. love jesus that's right. and we love the people of god so amen. please come look for us and uh god bless you amen amen and i just love how you said that being able to walk into to to the when we went to ventura county the ya and we we're able to walk out <laughs> that's a blessing <laughs> yeah when my first time went in there uh i was i was tripping out the whole time because i'm looking like I'm not the one that's in here. I'm not. I'm not locked up. You know what I mean? I felt like, oh, like I felt like one of the inmates, but you know, being locked up. But I was like, dang, I'm able to walk out, man. That's that's what God does, man. That's powerful, man. So you know, this was really encouraging to me. Uh, I pray that our listeners, that you were encouraged, that you were edified, Amen. they were convicted. You know, some of you, you know, if you're still, you know, living that gang lifestyle, and you're one foot in, one foot out. Go all in for Jesus. You know what I mean? He won't let you down. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. And, uh, you know, who knows? 30 years from now, you'll be able to say the same thing that Pastor Santos is saying. 30 years in the ministry, being faithful. He, God flipped the script and he's walking, you know, in power, you know, and, and, and being edified. You know what I mean? So, ah, uh, man, this is so encouraging. We're in a great way before to start service, right? <laughs> Just go in there and then worship now, right? Amen. Yeah. So that's powerful. That's powerful. So thank you for listening, you guys. This is uh, Reform Raza. If you have any uh, uh, questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, uh, hit us up. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, do all that fun stuff. And what's the email? We're at reformraza at gmail.com. If you've got any questions for Pastor Santos or any advice or anything, hit us up at that, at that gmail, reformraza at gmail.com. And we look forward to continuing uh, this, you know, all that we're doing here for the Lord. You know what Amen. I mean? So check us out. We're going to... Hopefully, in the, within the next few episodes, we're going to have another testimony from our assistant pastor in, in Spanish. And uh, that's going to be a powerful one, too. So stay tuned. Hit us up. And uh, a rato, vatos. <laughs> Adios. God bless. Amen. <laughs>